BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. You're listening to the Wild 7 Podcast Network. Listen different. Everybody quiet down now and get some sleep. Good night, Ma. Good night, sweetheart. Good night, Pa. Good night, buddy. Good night, Grandpa. Good night, Sonny. Good night, Great Grandpa. Good night, Sonny. Good night, Great Great Grandpa. Good night, Marilyn Monroe. Good night, honey. Good night, William Shakespeare. Good night, sweet prince. And flights of angels sing thee to thy rest. Good night, Paul Lind. Now, when you say good night, is that with or without a K? <laughs> good night, English philosopher Alan Watts. Yes, well, if you say good night, and I say good morning, don't you see that you and I imply one another? Good night, German philosopher Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. Alles Vergängliche ist nur ein Gleichnis. Good night, Adam West Batman. Good night! Good night, Michael Keaton Batman. Good night. Good night, Christian Bale Batman. Good night. Good night, Arnold, former governor of California. Yeah, these pajamas don't fit. Good night, Jesse Ventura, former governor of Minnesota. I don't want you smoking marijuana before bedtime, but I'll body slam anyone who tries to stop your right to smoke it. Good night, French love interest in a World War II novel who most likely has the beginning stages of PTSD. Are you here to tell me a bedtime story? Good night, Daniel Plainview, protagonist from There Will Be Blood. Good night, you little bastard. Good night, Anton Chigur, antagonist from No Country for Old Men. Don't let the bedbox bite. What? I said don't let the bedbox bite. Good night, Gollum. Good night, master. Gollum, Gollum. 
Good night, Sauron, Dark Lord of Mordor. See ya in Dreamland, champ! Good luck finding my one ring to rule them all! <laughs> and good night, knight! Oh, thank you. That's so sweet of you. I am the knight, and nobody ever wishes me a good one. For your consideration, I grant you all to live your dreams. In the words of Alex Rogers. Episode 25. Perfectly logical explanation. All right, it's time to come in. You've had all day to play outside with your friends. The sun is coming down and now it's time to come home and hear the stories. No, we don't say that today, do we? That That's older generations. Now it's, you better come home now. We've been watching you on our smart device because we keep a tracking device on our child and we notice that you are not doing what the family program has dictated. Welcome back, my freaky, fabulous, fantastic friends. This is Alex Rogers recording and reporting from a timeless zone in which your listening is the now. And wow, if your eyes don't dilate in wonder when you realize you are indeed in the now, the ever-renewing, relentlessly gentle, gently relentless, now. What a trip. It's such a trip that I forget it the minute I say it. But maybe the more times I say it, the more times I'll realize that you and I are exactly where we need to be in time and space. At all times and spaces. Well, we are back in good old DTLA, baby. Sometimes we're in the crib, and sometimes we're in downtown LA. Shut the fuck up! It depends on what's happening. Let's check in on the old ticker, on the old heart, and its many agents that work for it, those old squirrely emotions. Last week, I was in such a good little gooey place of urging us all to think more about other people and to be giving. And I will never go back on that sentiment or indeed on that practice. I've been keeping it up as best can be since I was last talking to y'all about that. But you know what's funny is it's just life has a way of going, okay, I'm glad you found this thing that's working for you. But we keep having varieties. 
We got packages and packages of variety coming your way, and it's a new combination each day. So get ready. Life. Um. Yeah. I. I. I'm not in, uh, as you who have been listening to me for a while now will recognize this term, I don't feel like I'm in full werewolf this week, which is very good, because uh, even though the werewolf is a real and acceptable and normal part, it's perfectly normal, it's completely logical to have different emotions. Take me, for example. Sometimes I sound like this. And sometimes I sound like this. As you can see, there's variety. But I always lead everything with logic and reason. There's no reason to be surprised by anything. Everything has its logical order. Last time they threw me a surprise birthday party, I didn't flinch or even give any reaction. I said, well, of course you're throwing me a surprise birthday party. Today's my birthday. This is a logical step for you to do. I have no room to be surprised. Nothing is a mystery. Everything has a perfectly logical explanation. Oh, logical criminal. But the point is, I can't uh, maintain one sentiment completely throughout the week. And nor should you, because man, do I hate spiritual bypassing people who are just always seemingly in some kind of above the normal uh, pratfalls of daily feeling condition. Where they'll walk around and be like, no, everything's fine. I reached my Satori and I've never gone back. Well, nothing bad is going on this week, but I I have been a little bit testier. I've been a little bit back to my kind of, everyone shut up kind of things. But then I catch myself and I go, okay, why are we getting impatient here? How much water are we having? How much sleep have you been having? Uh, You know, when's the last time you really checked in with yourself? I try to be on top of it, and sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm to the side of it, and sometimes I am six feet under it. The beautiful thing is I'm old enough now to know that this is what emotions do. They take turns. You know, when I was a bit younger, in my teens and in my 20s, if I reached a sweet spot like what y'all were hearing last week, where I really felt like I was kind of, you know, in the beautiful gentle surf of the oceanic flow of emotions and experiences where I feel like I'm actually giving to life and life isn't taking too much from me, I used to stress when I would fall out of that and think, oh, well, then I guess I never learned the lesson in the first place, so I guess everything has been for pretend, and once again, life is one big disappointing collapse into the banality of stupid. Well, that's a young person's uh, outlook, and I'm beginning to have a healthier perspective, slowly, of course, because I ain't no genius overnight, but I, I feel like I'm getting kind of a, all right... This is what happens. We feel things this week. We feel things another week. And it's okay. I have not lost any of my wishes for humanity as a whole. While at the same time, I've got some bones to pick this week because some shit has been catching in my craw. 
you know, here we are getting back into the swing of things. Everyone is so desperate to get back to normal. We're very close to apparently being in a maskless time. Unmask! Unmask! Mr. Edgar Allan Poe! Unmask! Well, the thing is, I know we all want to get back to normal. I want to get back to normal, too. But this is something that happens in every single social situation. And... How about this? Let's make it real simple. Class is almost over. We've been pent up in this classroom for so goddamn long. We don't want to be here anymore. The bell is approaching. It's going to ring any minute. (gasps) The bell rang. Now here's the deal. Don't everybody rush to the door at once. Don't do it. I'll give you another example. The plane has landed. Yay! The plane landed. I'm going to applaud because, you know, not every pilot lands. You know, it's very unlikely that we'll ever land. So I better applaud because good job. You did your job as a pilot. Guys, don't leave me hanging. Applaud with me. I'm here to support. Why won't you join me? The pilots need our support. So you finally land, and you know you're not getting off the plane for a good 15, 20 minutes. You know this, right? You've flown enough. If you've flown even once, you know that when you land, you don't just jump off the fucking plane. They got to bring out that big staircase on wheels. They got to get the guy with the orange cones to do this thing and that thing, and you got to have a bunch of... You know, between people. And then we can go through that giant umbilical cord into the next place where you see everyone in their shorts and flip-flops going, I should have brought a sweater as they go to the next place. But until then, sit your ass down because we ain't going nowhere. But what do people do? They all jump up. Oh, good. Finally. I've always wanted to go to Milwaukee. Okay, but guess what? Milwaukee's waiting for you. Don't rush to the fucking cabin door it ain't opening up then everyone gets up and they grab their luggage and like come on come on come on it's me it's me versus all of you so you see what i'm getting at it's the classroom model it's the airplane model this is what's happening right now we're all waiting to get off this goddamn plane we're all ready to get out of this goddamn classroom don't rush it And don't sardine yourselves with everyone else. Yeah, good look, everyone. We're trying to maintain social distance to get out of this mess. Let's all cram together and inhale each other's carbon dioxide and wonder why we still haven't killed the beast. I I just, boy, you know, humanity can be put through the ringer. And then they're finally brought out of the hole. And the, the prison warden of life will go, did you learn your lesson? And they'll go, nah, put me in the hole for another six months. You know, it's it's just, guys, let's chill out on this one. Boy, oh boy. I I am after dumb this episode. So so if you wanted to stay only in the, boy, I really like people, uh, then go back to the last episode. And I always do like people. But guess what? Here's another little mature aspect of life. You can love people and still be annoyed as fuck by them, you know? And uh, that's what's been going on with, uh, with this last week. I got a major fucking gripe here. 
It's not a world problem. It's not even something I necessarily should dip into, but I'm going to because it's fun and it's something I like to complain about because it's something I've noticed too many people do. And when I see too many people doing something, I like to be a critic. Oh, just what I needed. A cricket. What did you say? A, 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 a critic. Do the fucking line right. Uh, no, <laughs> no idea what that was. Um, hey, hey. These are some beautiful days, right? It's a beautiful day outside. What do you mean by that? Oh, well, when I say beautiful day, obviously I mean a sunny blue sky day. That does not constitute automatically a beautiful day. Sunny days are nice. Blue skies are nice. We love them. It's good. But I need all of you to stop equating bright, sunny weather with positivity and darker, colder, overcast weather as negativity. I really, really, really need all of you to tone that shit down. Now, I get it. If you live somewhere in this country or abroad where your daily life is a frozen tundra wasteland, I'll let you complain about how it's nothing but dreary and how you're getting depressed by it. Or if you're in perpetual rain, like Seattle or Glasgow, you get to say something about it. You know who I'm picking on? And I do believe you should and can pick on your own. My fellow Los Angelinos. Guys in Los Angeles, okay, gather around, sit down. Let me explain something here. You need to chill the fuck out whenever, right now, because we're in June, we're in June right now, June gloom, baby, we get a lot of gray days here, and I see too many people in LA, when it's a gray day, going, oh, it's gray, what happened to the sun, oh, please don't leave us, really, guys, guys, you're in LA, I promise you, for every one foggy day, you have two million sunny days coming. Stop with your bullshit. I'm so depressed. Why? Why? Did something happen? Something happened to your family? Maybe your bank account? Maybe your emotions are in disarray because of a chemical imbalance? What's happening? No, it's that it's gray outside, and whenever it's gray, I get so depressed. Get the fuck over yourself. Stop this nonsense. You know what also has had you? It's a beautiful day outside. I love when people try to fucking cheer someone up, mainly me. <laughs> when they come up, but Alex, look, but I know you're going through a lot of life troubles and that inside the brain, there's a lot going on more than the outside weather. But, you know, even though you're dealing with this hard thing called life, just look outside. It's a beautiful day. The, the sun's shining. The, the blue sky is showing. And the, the birds are going tweet, 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 tweet. See? That equals positivity. So just ignore whatever's happening in your mind. Because look, it's sunny. Do you know what also happened on a bright, sunny, gorgeous day? President Kennedy got his head blown off. You look at that footage. That was a gorgeous, beautiful, bright, sunny day. Imagine if you are grieving the president's death, and I walk up to you and go, yeah, but did you consider how beautiful a day it is? 
You'd have every right to slap me down to the pitiful size I'm presenting to you. That is fucking dumb. Guys, gray days are gorgeous. I come from a little beautiful coastal California town in which sun and fog give and take like yin and yang. And I have seen incredibly dark, overcast, quote-unquote dreary, quote-unquote overcast days in which I felt inspired, intrigued, in wonder, curious. See, when I see a, a gray day, a foggy day, you know what I think? Ooh, now I can make something hot to drink. Ooh, this is a, a good time to read a book and not feel guilty as I read the book. That's another thing I don't like about bright, sunny days. Sometimes I want to sit in and read. And while I'm reading outside, it's like, but it's a happy, sunny, shiny day. And you're not allowed to do anything fun inside because it's bright and sunny, shiny day. Come on out. Come on out. We're idiots. Um, <laughs> now y'all are going to think that I prefer overcast days. I don't. I don't prefer one over the other. But the automatic... The automatic, no thought, I don't sun happy, fog evil. That y'all need to stop. I, I'm seriously, Angelinos. I love y'all, but you listening right now, you have this week and this week only to figure that one out. Because guess what? We're gonna have some gray days coming up, and you know what's also gonna happen? They're not gonna last long, like at all. So I don't want to hear one fucking peep from you people. It's gray. Oh, no. And another thing. Guys, I... Okay. I'm a single man. <laughs> really? We couldn't tell by your endless raging right here. You mean there's no room for a partner as you go on and on about shit that doesn't matter? Well, you know. Uh, but as a single man with no kids, I got a lot of time to do things by myself. I got a lot of room to observe things on my own. I got a lot of space and indeed some peace and quiet in which to, uh, share my own thoughts with my own mind and, and just observe a little. And I've been noticing something that I find pretty fucking dumb that some of you guys are doing with your ladies. Guys, do you have a girlfriend? First of all, congratulations. You're a lucky man. And guys, you are very lucky. I, this isn't all of you out there, but I've been noticing this kind of couple a lot. The place where I work, the grocery store, during lunch times, I like to sit outside and it's very near a, a, a carport. Well, not, not a carport. What am I saying? The carport. Help yourself into the carport and uh, we'll work out a little strategy to find out who needs to leave first in the morning. <laughs> Y'all who have roommates know what that one's like. Um, no, what I meant to say is like a parking garage. And then people will sometimes walk down the stairs. I see guys walk way the fuck ahead of their girlfriends. Like leaving them behind, like a good 20 feet behind them. Guys, you don't leave your girlfriend behind you. You walk with her. 
You, you know what? Maybe you, when you get to the bottom of the stairs, why don't you lift your hand and take your lady by her fingers and just give that gentlemanly helping you down the last few steps? Or if you don't want to be that OG, and if she doesn't want to be treated that delicately, you can at least stick around and walk next to your lady. Look, man, I've sometimes seen this too. Even if she's on her phone and she's doing that, don't leave her behind. That's more reason to stick with her. She doesn't know. She's not even watching where she's going. You could, you got to help her out there, man. Like, hey, you're going to do this out in public? Why do I have to explain this to you, gentlemen? You have the girlfriends here. If you manage to get her on board as your girlfriend, you need to fucking keep her on board as her boyfriend and protector. Especially when you're, in general, bigger and faster than she is. You got longer legs. You got a bigger body. So don't just be all, I was walking the day I left my girlfriend behind me. Where did she go? Hey, hey, guide your lady. What I see in those moments is taking the other person for granted. So it seems to me that a very simple adjustment one can make is, why don't you walk at the pace of those who are sharing their life with you? And I will say this much. While I am at the moment a bit at a loss because I try the dating apps, I've tried the online thing. Hell, I've even tried to talk to some people in person. Actually, not try to. I do. I do. But you know how it is. Sometimes you just feel like nothing is biting. Nothing is working. It's not quite the vibe. But I know this much. I've learned a very important quality to the next lady who shares her life with me and mine with hers. I've discovered, you know, I'm a man in his, in his later 30s right now. I'm 37. Now, sometimes I'm attracted to women who are a little younger than I am in their 20s. And sometimes I'm attracted to women who are a little younger than I am in their 30s, like early 30s. Sometimes they're my age. Sometimes I'm attracted to women in their early to mid-40s. And I am not going to lie. Guys, I, I, I always card any lady at uh, the grocery store when they buy alcohol anytime. If I even get a slightly youthful vibe from you, I ask for it. Because, again, gentlemen and ladies who like ladies, but if you like ladies, uh, hey, asking for their card... Uh, to look at their ID when they buy alcohol. It's a sweet thing to do. Yeah, some of them, and I've noticed it's the girls who are recently 21, they get all, why? Why do you have to see my... But um, a woman in her 40s, oh, she'll love... Oh, you want to see my ID? Oh, stop. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a nice look. Gentlemen and ladies, I carded a lady the other day I honestly thought she might be in her late 40s, early 50s, but I'm still going to card her because, you know, why not? She was born in 1944. What? This was a woman in her 70s, a beautiful black lady in her 70s. And I got to tell you, in that moment, talking to her, seeing her, I fell in love. 
Now, wouldn't that be just silly and ageist of me to just say like, oh, yeah, no woman in her 70s, some conceptual woman in her 70s, forget it. No, 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 I'm here to tell you. I saw a goddess of a lady in her 70s. And I, a younger man in his 30s, thought, no, I, I, w- I, w- I would love to spend some time with this lady. <laughs> For real. And I bet a woman at that point has learned a lot about herself. And this brings me back to the earlier point that I was making, which is I am beginning to understand that having some self-awareness is really sexy. And my one issue about some of the gals who are in their early to mid-20s as lovely and go get them and everything else that we like about y'all, you're also in the middle of something that we all go through, guys or girls, which is you're made out of rubber and cheese at this point, meaning you bounce back and ain't nothing really going to stop you. And you are the main character in your movie. And some of y'all are really good looking too. So everyone your age and older and way older are going, huh, what else can you get, your majesty? What else can I get you, your majesty? I, 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 I'll do anything. You're, you're, you're beautiful. And y'all are starting to get that feeling like you're unstoppable. Well, then you get your first taste, and I hope and believe that y'all are getting it around the time I got it, and around the time contemporaries of mine that I noticed got it too, which is around, in general, your mid to later 20s. And if this happens sooner, it's actually really good for you. But it's around that time where life gives you some taste of truly understanding that you are not always the main character in your movie. That is not a guarantee. And man, you know what I find real sexy now? Is a lady who does her best, who takes care of herself from within and from without, and has also truly understood and experienced her real first taste of, ouch, I'm no longer at the front of the line all the time. Ouch, I'm not first picked at the top of the list all the time. I'm not always the main character in my own movie. You ask me, someone really wise begins to understand that in their own movie, they're not always the main character. If that's you, come talk to me, because you might be Mrs. Rogers. Uh, (laughs) I, I don't know who Mrs. Rogers will or could be, but I do know this. She's got to have had her first taste. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, I've had mine. When I was 21, I believed I was the most unstoppable, coolest cat ever. And now, I believe I'm the coolest cat ever, but I'm stoppable. And I definitely trip up, and I can't even guarantee that this episode itself is without its foibles and warts and ugly sides and whoopsies and not my best self. But it's still me. And it's still me trying to find myself in the middle of all ourselves. 
I wanted to uh, give you all a recommendation. A recommendation. Suddenly I turned Australian there. Two days ago, I saw a big rig that could haul that tanker. You want to get out of here? You talk to me. Um, recently, one of my favorite comedians passed. His name was and is Paul Mooney. Paul Mooney is one of the greatest stand-up comedians and comedy writers that we've ever had. He contributed his writing mind to amazing things like Sanford and Son, excellent 70s sitcom with the great Red Fox. He also wrote a lot of material with and for the immortal Richard Pryor, one of the kings of stand-up comedy. This guy wrote for him, wrote with him, and then eventually started doing his own, well, not even eventually, I think he was doing it from the start, but more and more, Paul Mooney began to perform his own material. It's kind of interesting. There are some people who have no, originally, not really any performing aspirations in comedy. They just like to write it. But then their friends say, no, you're really funny at doing the very things that you write. You ought to be doing that too. And thus comes Paul Mooney. There's a second name I want to introduce to this Last bit of conversation here. Mr. Dick Gregory. He also passed not too long ago. These are two black American comedians who through their comedy, through their excellently composed words, will wake you up out of whatever silliness you have been believing for the longest or indeed shortest amount of time, and they will slap you across your face with so much goddamn humor that if you ain't laughing at yourself, you got a lot of work to do, buddy. But for real, they deal with some tough issues that they are excellent at doing, and that is race, my friends. They're whole life's work and what they talk about and what they say and how they're getting us to think and what indeed is fucking funny while also fucking profound is race. I don't like the term homework, but I'm going to use it very loosely uh, because I recommend for anyone out there who enjoys stand-up comedy and not just stand-up comedy, but live public speaking. Dick Gregory is a master speaker. He will give long speeches to crowds of people that are not only just full of great jokes, but also he is jolting you out of your ignorance into some sharp thinking. So check this out, my friends. Go to YouTube and look up Dick Gregory, Race, Comedy, and Justice. It's about an hour-long interview. This is how I discovered the guy, randomly, one time, searching through YouTube. Dick Gregory, Race, Comedy, and Justice. And he talks about it all. And man, are you left laughing harder and thinking deeper. And as for Mr. Paul Mooney, 
Godspeed to you, sir, on your recent exit out of the planet. This man has done one of my favorite stand-up specials ever. You can find this also on YouTube. Put in Paul Mooney. That's M-O-O-N-E-Y. Paul Mooney. Analyzing White America. Now, I don't like to give warnings to everyone, but I think I should maybe warn my, uh, <laughs> my fellow folks of Caucasian persuasion. Uh, yeah, if you haven't figured it out already, if you haven't seen a, a picture of me yet, or if you're just wondering, I will say, uh, yes, I am a white man in U.S. America. Thank you for making this occasion for this Caucasian persuasion. And, um, and Paul Mooney goes deep into the paint. Hard into the paint? What do we say? The point is, he does a lot with paint. And he paints a fucking masterpiece that will often punch the fuck out of white people. <laughs> and as a white man talking right now, I love it. Uh, because if y'all haven't noticed, I don't relate to the power structure when we refer to white like that, where you have trillions of dollars in your pocket and you're deciding how groups of people live their lives. That is not the white that I relate to, but it is that very white that people like Paul Mooney and Dick Gregory hold the task. So I'm going to remind you that unless you own groups of people through lots of money and industry, don't worry. You get to laugh like the rest of us at what is being presented to us as shocking truth. So, there's strong language. There are strong words. But I dare say, such things are best said by those who use language in the most of effective ways, and one of them being stand-up comedy. So let these gentlemen, Dick Gregory and Paul Mooney, be in charge of the strong language, and you just sit back, take it in, and gosh darn it, laugh at yourself a little bit. And don't take the weather seriously this week, folks, seriously. I, I'm, I'm telling you, if, if right now it's gray, change your mind. Don't, ooh, no, it's automatically bad. No, it isn't. Look at your mind, not the weather. Look at your feelings, not the sunshine. Look at your soul, not the momentary passing of vapors. And that, as they say, is that. We've come to a conclusion. It is not the end-all, be-all conclusion, but it will do for now. And I say unto you all, as always, thank you for your time. Thank you for your rhyme. In the Words of Alex Rogers is a podcast orbiting the mothership of Wild 7 Studios. Music by Inca Rose. Keep your ears open for storyscapes, simpin' after dark, and other audio goodies from Wild 7. And keep your eyes open for its first feature-length film, Debbie and the Devil.